0: hello again and welcome to the master's voice i'm celestial and you are welcome to this channel to old and new subscribers alike you are very welcome please adjust your settings at the top of the video or you can look along the bottom row until you will see a cog icon something like a little wheel if the picture is not clear you can bump up the quality to 1080p or 720p Today I am going to try to get through a lot of material that the Lord has given me. Some of it is material from him sharing his heart in the form of study of certain verses and I think that is where I will begin today. So the first video will be just bringing forth to the United States the words that God has for her, for her out of certain passages of scripture that I have read again and again as well as a new piece that the Lord led me to and he was breaking it down for me and showing me this is why and this is why the punishment that is upon this country will not be turned back so i will be reading from two places in the book of isaiah and then i will go to the book of amos and i will read there i'm simply relying on the scriptures and the way that the lord has opened them up to me some of this will not be new to those who have been coming to this channel for a while because in the old videos I have labored in places such as Isaiah chapter 9 for quite a long time, places like Ezekiel 13 for quite a long time, places like Isaiah chapter 13 for quite a while. But today I'm going to start with Isaiah 1, move to Isaiah 5, and then go to Amos chapter 2. And so let us begin. I will not be reading all of them, but I will be going over just some of the reasons that God says that his judgment here is a whole judgment. There is a video on the master's voice that is called a whole judgment. And I was explaining to all who live in this country that when God is bringing forth a whole judgment, it means that first of all, the judgment is whole. That means that The judgment has integrity when something has integrity it doesn't mean oh, the something is morally upstanding and good and upright even though we can always say that of god's judgment something that is whole means that there are no pieces missing when something has integrity it means that it actually has solidity and strength to it it means that it's not shaky and it doesn't have weak areas flaws or weak points Therefore, when God says that he is going to judge a human being, he will judge a family, he will judge a region of the world, or he will judge a particular nation, automatically certain things must be established in the mind of the listener. One of those things is that God is not partial. God is not going to hold back any part of his judgment because people feel, well, there's old people in the country. Well, we have kids here. The answer that will come from heaven is, did you not know that you had old people? Did you not know that you had the disabled? Did you not know that you had children before you began to embark upon an ever-increasing program of national sin? And some of the sin is so atrocious that it has now stunk Into the high heavens until, like Sodom and Gomorrah, it cannot be um, overlooked by the Lord anymore. So, the Lord's judgment will be complete, it will not leave any part out, and the Lord's judgment will also be. Integrous meaning that it will be solid. It will not have any weak points or flaws The third thing that we have to understand is like I said God is not partial And so God is not going to hold back any part of the judgment just because certain people are not of age or certain people are extremely now mature and should not be exposed to the hard things a Whole judgment means that the whole land has been weighed This means please understand Christians who are devout Christians who truly love God Christians who God has shown me at certain times wrapping themselves in sackcloth and truly going down on their knees to to pray national repentance prayers. There are people in this country who labor before the altar of the Lord, raising up their voices in crying and weeping ashes and sackcloth, according to Ezekiel 9. These are people that the Lord says, he has marked upon the forehead because such people sigh and cry over the abominations that are committed in the land. However, the the people who do this are very few. I always see people who truly love God in this country are much fewer than you, you can ever imagine. Uh, the Lord has said many times, and there's no need to belabor the point that it is a vain imagination that the United States of America is a Christian country. There's nothing Christian about this country. Christianity is like a band-aid or a veneer that is put over the filth and abomination that is visible. So there are sins, there are things, and these are the things that everybody always talks about. There are sins in the country, that are very visible to everyone but then there are things that are sleeping in the hearts of people and god says that he will go after the hidden sin the secret sins the pride and um the viewpoints and the mindsets that are in the hearts of people, he will target those things just as strongly as he will deal with outward, visible sin. And this is why nobody can say that a nation is innocent because nobody is capable of a whole judgment except the Lord. And so the first verses that we will look at is just Isaiah chapter one, verses two, going onward. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its owner, and the donkey its master's crib. But Israel does not know. My people do not consider. So this is a word primarily that God sent to the nation of Israel during Isaiah's day, but God has given me this word for America, and so America is meant to be listening to this message. Alas, you sinful nation a people burdened with iniquity, a brood of evildoers, children who are corrupters. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked to anger the Holy One of Israel. They have turned away backward. Why should you be stricken again? You will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick, and the whole heart faints from the sole of the foot. Even to the head, there is no soundness in it. But wounds and bruises and putrefying sores, they have not been closed or bound up or soothed with ointment. Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Strangers devour your land in your presence and it is desolate as overthrown by strangers. So the daughter of Zion is left as a booth in the vineyard, like a hut in a garden of cucumbers, like a besieged city. Unless the Lord of hosts had left to us a very small remnant, we would have become like Sodom. We would have been made like Gomorrah. And so we look at this and the Lord is calling the heavens that is over a sinful country to be his witness. So notice that God is not going to the people to ask the people's viewpoint, do you think you are sinful? Do you think you are deserving of my judgment? Do you think that you are capable of assessing yourselves inside and coming to a truthful confession of, yes, we're sinful, or no, we are not sinful? Now, this is so telling because God sent Jonah to the Ninevites And when the Ninevites heard the word of prophecy, scripture proved that at least for a time, those people were capable of judging themselves first. The Ninevites heard the word of prophecy that came through Jonah, who didn't even want to be there In the first place and when they heard the word of prophecy that came through jonah they were cut to the heart and what is telling about nineveh is that it didn't say that some people said this is not a true prophecy and some people said well this doesn't sound like god and then some people said well who is this we haven't seen this person on youtube before all the ninevites as one man from the leader down to the poorest came to a group assessment of themselves they were a sinful people now nineveh was known for for instance extremely aggressive warfare they were also known to be a party loving people loving um, orgies and things like that all these pagan practices they were known to be a strong warfaring people and things like that and so when you see things like this in the society automatically you know that not everyone is doing it yet the ninevites exist as an example in history that it is possible for a people to collectively accept that they are responsible for mass sin even if everyone has not committed the sin The problem here in the United States is when the word of prophecy comes, those who have not committed the sin draw back and say, well, this never has nothing to do with me. I've never committed abortion. My daughter never committed abortion. I have good sons. My sons don't look at porn. My husband is a faithful man. We've been together for 50 years. This is our 51st wedding anniversary. And so this prophetic word does not apply to us. When you come into... A nation that does not understand that the sword of prophecy cuts both ways. Prophecy cuts both ways. One side of the sword of prophecy is surely going to slice the guilty. So the guilty are surely going to pick up very tangible and physical punishments for what they are doing. But the sword of prophecy is also meant to cut the righteous and what it is meant to cut out of the righteous, like Cutting off the head of a coconut and pouring out the juice is it's meant to pour out that holy oil within them. It's meant to cut them and pour out prayer out of them. It's meant to cut them and pour out um, compassion out of them. It's meant to cut them and pour out the fear of the Lord. But what the righteous in this country do is usually hold back and try to instantly practice A separatist doctrine and that doesn't help anyone in the country because righteousness is only as good as you are using it which is why I always bring forth in this prophecy that the indictment of the church for the most part is that when we see the wave of unrighteousness coming we stand back and we say I don't want to get my feet dirty this is filth it has nothing to do with me So part of what I've been sharing recently is that because God has really brought me down into the gutter, because I have now taken up the Lord's shovel, and I'm no longer prophesying about Nephilim and prophesying about Russia, but I'm now prophesying about the severe filth that is taking place in the darkness of this nation, one thing I notice is that um, people are not Definitely not hijacking these videos anymore. Why? Because the stuff that I'm talking about is stomach churning It's not likely to get you a lot of views It's not likely to get you a lot of likes and so a lot of people have taken their hands off Pilfering the prophetic word from this channel because now it's not the cute stuff anymore It's stuff that actually makes the belly roll when you hear it Another thing that has happened is that people are coming here and saying how does this benefit the church if you can imagine? that there are people and I'm speaking to the righteous and the so-called righteous who are for now like wheat and tares banded together people are coming to this channel and saying to me how do these graphic prophecies benefit the church so you can imagine that someone is listening to a prophecy about human trafficking as God unveils the horrible things that are happening to people in this nation and across the nations, and then they want to know, how does the revelation of these atrocities benefit them as a Christian? So God is exposing, at least to me, what is in the heart of the people who say they call his name. God has said, have I not said to you that you should loose the captives? that you should comfort those who are in mourning. But then a Christian hears about human trafficking and wants to know how the knowledge of these things benefits their very holy Christianity. They want to know how the muck that Celestial is shoveling from deep in the septic tank of America, how is it a benefit to these clean and holy Christians? So I'm down there in the pit with the Holy Spirit, bringing out the filth, because as I have said, God says that he will not judge any person or any nation until the full extent of their crimes be known i'm digging out the crimes and then people want to know well how is this helpful because i'm wearing white robes but you're quite dirty and you're disturbing my peace people who do nothing about the trans controversy of men in dresses who are reading to children in the libraries of this nation will come to me and strictly instruct me to change the picture on the prophecy because it's disturbing their holy peace. It's disturbing the holy peace of their children. They're not brave outside to tell the trans to stop transing. They're not brave outside to tell America to change the laws that are slowly allowing men to come into women's bathroom because they identify as women. They're unable to protect their daughters from transitioning men, but there's lots of bravery in them to come to a channel like this and say, the picture is very disturbing for me. We want you to keep it family friendly. And so God is saying that he nourished a certain people And he brought them up to know his truth he brought them up and he expected them to have an understanding that when they hear of others in torture others who are being satanically ritually abused that they should immediately know that it is the church first and foremost who should dash into the fray but the church wants to keep her robes sparkling white And so, as she sees the Samaritan dying on the road, she crosses to the other side because she doesn't want that Samaritan's blood to get on her pristine robes. I brought up children. I nourished them. And they've rebelled against me. And the Lord is saying, even the dumb animals know better. The ox recognizes its owner. So, when an ox... And a donkey, the Lord says, in those days that you just let your animal go, you let your animal graze during the day. But the Lord says when nighttime comes, the donkey knows how to find its way home to the father. And the ox will always recognize the shape of his master in the field and turn around from his wandering and come back to him. But God is saying that both America and the church in America, he is among us now his shape is among us now never before at least to my knowledge has the lord been pumping out prophetic words like this but the nation still does not come back and even the church does not recognize the shape of the lord when he comes my people do not know and my people do not consider. And he says that this is a sinful country, a people who are burdened down by their sins. And this is something God is always talking to me about. The Lord speaks to me more than I speak to you. And I'm being honest. If I were to be the way some people are on YouTube, where you see they just, I just had to hop on because the Lord gave me this revelation. Oh, I know. I just thought I'd hop on for a few minutes. I am somebody who actually, I fiercely protect my privacy. And I, and I do have a life. And so I have no inclination whatsoever to hop on every time the Lord says something to me. I will not just hop on. I regard these things in my heart. And I keep them inside until perhaps they can be usefully shared. But God says much more to me then I am able to come and share unless I would never be able to turn this camera off and do anything else. The Lord says that the sin in this nation has corrupted even the children. I brought forth a pair of very shocking prophecies. One of them is called the next generation inherits nothing. And the other one is called the secret crimes of children. And what God revealed that the very young do here Young people are climbing out of the windows at night to go and sleep with people who are in their 20s. 14-year-olds and 15-year-olds are appearing on the U.S. news. Their families were looking for them, and then they were found um, cribbed up with people who are young adult males. Young adult males in this country are very pedophilic. They are interested in girls whose breasts have only started to blossom. And the girls themselves do not even have the shame of a house rat to stay away from these young men. They are stirred up in their sexuality. These children at increasingly younger ages, eight and nine year old boys are being caught looking at porn for the first time. And they are starting to look at the hardcore stuff. Subscriber shared something it is under one of these videos, and basically what the woman shared is that um, in a family, brothers committed incest. This is, this, is some, this is a lady's reality out there. Both the children were under the age of 13. This is a public comment, and so this is the only reason that I mention it. These are the ills underneath the breastbone of the nation, and yet when you speak of them the offense and the backlash is extraordinary it is almost as if there is a divergent reality we know about these things but you don't need to talk about them because we're the church and then there's another reality no this cannot be this is not true we have a strong society we have a vibrant society we have a moral society and if such things existed we have strong laws in place. We have, we have proper measures in place to make sure that children are protected. Children are not protected in this country, and I have brought it forth in many prophecies. There are adults who know about child sexual abuse, and instead of speaking out they're sitting there conflicted as if this is something that's a question, small children are at risk, and you're watching the risk and thinking, oh me, oh my, what should I do? The Lord says all this provokes him to anger, the holy God of Israel, because instead of drawing near to him, people are walking away backward. And he says that a person like this, speaking of the nation as a person, the more you strike them to correct them, the more they revolt. And so this is serious donkey-like behavior. Because if you strike a horse or you strike an ox, they come into line very quickly. When you strike a donkey, As Balaam's donkey showed, donkeys have a special form of self-will. It doesn't matter how hard you hit them. It doesn't matter how much punishment you pour upon them. Those animals embody and personify a new level of stubbornness. And that is what the Lord is saying. You strike this country, it revolts more. You chastise this country, it tells you we will build back better. You punish this country, and it says, Maga, and for that reason, the Lord says, This is how you know that from the head to the sole of the foot, the entire nation is sick. Some people are actually sick with evil, and then some people within the whole are sick at having to watch and live with the evil, and yet the sword will cut both to judge those who do the evil and to cut those who may be sanctimonious, who may be in this Pharisee type of pride. Don't tell me these things. You're disturbing my peace, celestial. You and your dirty prophecies. This is why I can't come here. This is why your channel is not safe for my children. As if God owes us safety in these end times. Please excuse the noise. So in Isaiah 6, it's saying the sole of the foot to the head, there's no sound place, meaning that every part of it is compromised. Every part of it is sick. And it, this is what it says. The body has wounds, bruises, and putrefying sores. A wound is a cut. A cut is a very painful place. Rapes and murders are cutting the soul of the nation. But then a bruise is what happens after there is a strong, striking impact. So then you might look at the rising inflation. You might look at the fact that more and more people don't have food to eat. More and more people can't pay the bills. More and more people are busting open their little piggy banks just to be able to make it day to day. These are bruising impacts. But then it also says the body has putrefying sores. A putrefying sore is a cut- that has become gangrenous and is now turning green and yellow and pouring out pus. This is the human trafficking. This is Johnny Goss and JonBenet Ramsey. This is the little children that are available for $50 and $150 on social media. The Lord says that these children. I shared in one of the recent videos, these children are advertised under code. So you you might just see, oh, I've got Madison here and Haley here, such good kids. But inside that little apparently innocent posting of the child are code words that pedophiles and human traffickers can know, that if you're in the area, I'm in Boise, if you're in the area of this street to that street, you can drop by to diddle with these children and the charge is 50 bucks to a hundred bucks. So it's not just the high level elite trafficking operations, which are devastating because they straddle the globe. The Lord has been speaking to me about places like South Africa, West Africa. I still have to get to those prophecies, but there's also that granular level right at the local neighborhood. Parents, are pedophiles. The Lord says that the surface of America is crawling with pedophilic intent, and that intent is rapidly fulfilling itself. Those are the putrefying source, a corrupt nation, cops who will not investigate sexual abuse, cops who are sexual abusers themselves, judges who look the other way and will give somebody 40 years for stealing a purse and then two months to some kind of sexual abuser or something like that. Justice being perverted in a country makes the cry of the victims go up very strongly to God. That is a putrefying sore. And so the Lord says that the land will become desolate and the cities will be burned with fire. Strangers will eat up your land right in front of you. It will become desolate and overthrown by strangers. You might look at that as part of the immigration that is happening outside of the law. People are looking at this tide and wondering, why is the government not doing anything about it? Why is nothing being changed? Why is nothing being stemmed? These things, as far back as 2020 and 2021, God was telling me that there is a spiritual impetus behind it just as he said Russia and China would come to this country and scatter it because he will pull them here by a spiritual hook and he will see to it that they will punish America with the same viciousness that she has used on other nations. And I will get to that in the same way the Lord revealed to me. And the prophecy is, it's called the taskmasters. I think that is the only one There are two prophecies. I can't remember the name of the other one. Um, But in that, he was talking about immigration and how it's only going to increase. It's going to change the demographic of this country. It's going to change the face of this country. The land that people worked for will be devoured. And this is part of the punishment that God gave the Native Americans in the prophecy and original people, where God was speaking to Indians, um, American Indians, Native Americans. And he was telling them that I gave you a good land and I settled you here because it was part of my promise. But what you did is that you started to lie down and fornicate with idols. You began to worship the sun, the star, the moon, and you forgot me. I was your God. And so I allowed the stranger to come here and eat up the land. And that's definitely the people who landed on Plymouth rock and just took everything from the people that they found here. They completely disinherited them of the land. And then the Lord brought the prophecy in that same punishment and said to you who took the land, you did it because it was the judgment of the American Indians. And I settled you in this land and I made you prosper. But you began to walk in the identical sins of the people you found here. And therefore, Russia and China will come here and completely disinherit you because you absolutely learned nothing. so... Um, Verse 9 just refers to America as Sodom and Gomorrah. And now I will go to the next part. And it says, and I will just paraphrase, this is the heartbroken song of someone who has poured out his heart and soul into something that is not a project to him. This is the cry and the song of one who is called beloved singing to a lover one who is called my well beloved. So God is the beloved, and the nation that he is singing to is his well beloved. And let us hear what the father will say in paraphrase. He says, Let me sing a song to my well beloved, a song of the beloved, speaking of his vineyard. My well beloved has a vineyard on a very fruitful hill. So he chose the best possible location to build his vineyard. He didn't choose a low-lying location that could be flooded in the wet months, turned into a swamp. He chose a place high up where the predators won't bother to go. He chose a place high up where the oxen will not make that journey to go and trample his young grapes as they are growing. He chose a place high up that would get ample sunshine and have enough drainage so that the grapes would have optimal care to grow he dug it out and he took away and cleared out all the stones so he made a smooth path for this vineyard to be successful and then he planted it with the choicest vine he didn't choose the the cheap stumps that are known to produce sour grapes he took his time and he selected with care the nation that he would plant as the United States. He built a tower in the midst. That means he set up a place where a guardsman could stand in case anyone wanted to come and rob the young grapes when they were growing, or come and steal the full vines when they had produced the harvest. He put a tower in the midst. He built a wine press there, which means that he was expecting a good fruit and he decided that when the fruit came out, he would press those grapes on his own land. If you are a farmer of someone or someone who is connected to the land, then you understand this analogy. Farmers do not like to transport their goods to a third party to deal with it. If you have sheep, when you raise the sheep on your land, you usually shear them at home. If you have dairy cows, you let them graze on your land, and you milk them right at home. If you are raising any type of animal husbandry or you are dealing with um, wheat or corn, you usually will build the threshing floor exactly where you labor because it's a smart business model and it also helps you not to make losses. So it says after doing all this, the beloved expected a good harvest he had, he had made perfect conditions for success. And so he expected good grapes, but what he got was wild grapes. And now he says, judge between me and my vineyard. Again, much like the first, God is not asking for the vineyard to be the judge. And this is something that America Truly struggles to understand. I was talking about Nineveh, and I said that the Ninevites were able to judge themselves. And this is something that Apostle Paul urges us to do in the New Testament. He says, Examine yourself. And he's saying that because Paul was a well studied historian and also a lawyer. So he understood the Old Testament, which says all the time, Examine yourselves. The Old Testament says all the time, Consider your ways, O man. And that basically means take a good look. And the reason that this phrase comes often in the Old Testament is quite simple. Whoever refuses to examine themselves, God will examine you. And you do not want to be examined by the Spirit of God because God's hands can be very sharp and pokey when he comes to examine your life and to go through it for righteousness and to go through it for unrighteousness. Nineveh heard one prophecy from Jonah. It didn't say that Jonah made over 200 videos, as I've now passed the number 200 in video form and passed the number 400 in written form. Nineveh had the benefit of one word from Jonah, and they examined themselves immediately. They checked themselves immediately. They didn't say, but we have children here and there's a special judgment for the children. Nineveh, as one man, stripped off their fancy clothes. They shut down the bars. They told the hookers, if we see a single one of you out on the street, it's life imprisonment. They shut down all the sex streaming platforms and they fired all the corrupt judges. They stopped doing everything that they knew marked them as a pagan people before the Lord. They humbled themselves, in other words, and they went into lamentation, which is crying, which is fine. Crying is fine when it's part of repentance. It just shouldn't be all you do. Crying is not repentance. Crying is only part of the process. The shame and the embarrassment of being caught out in sin, will usually trigger crying, but if you're going to stop at crying, the devil can easily fool you into thinking that the flow of tears and the heat of shame is repentance. It is not. That part is just flesh. That part is just the realization that you have wronged God, but there's more after that that you have to press into. Nineveh went into lamentation. They went into woe. The woe part is realizing that when God says he's actually going to let your enemies enter your territory and crush you, it's a terrible thing. It's hard to understand now because the lights are on and all the social services and all the government services are still available to us and everything is working out. And so it's understandably hard to wrap your mind around how a country like this becomes like Afghanistan, becomes like Iraq becomes like syria and all the other destroyed territories that america has left in its wake they went into woe and when you do these things you help yourself because one of the themes in the bible is who will judge himself the lord will not judge who will not judge himself the lord will judge so god says Judge between me, and God is not talking to the vineyard to be a judger of itself. He's asking impartial witnesses, such as the sky, the sun, and the moon, eternal things that will not lie. He says, what more could I have done to my vineyard that I didn't do in it? And tell me, why is it when I had done everything and I expected good grapes, why did this vineyard bring forth wild grapes? Why did this vineyard ever make roe versus wade and then think that decades later by slightly amending roe versus wade this vineyard had done a great and wonderful and mighty thing why did this vineyard decide to fire the good teachers and start hiring teachers who think that sexuality is a subject they should teach to minors? why did the vineyard exalt Planned Parenthood. Why does the vineyard have Guantanamo Bay? Why did the vineyard carpet bomb Vietnam? If anyone thinks this is Celestial's thoughts, the Lord was asking me these things. I had to Google carpet bombing to find out that it is when you fly over a place and you just drop every bomb in your arsenal. It doesn't matter if there's a goat there It doesn't matter if the goat is being milked by old people. It doesn't matter if there's a farm there. Carpet bombing is a practice whereby you just fly overhead and you let it rip. And when I was Googling it, I remember, oh, I saw this when I was younger, when we were watching the brilliant displays of oranges and reds and ambers as planes were flying over Iraq at night. And we were watching this on CNN. That is all that was coming to me this Sunday morning. Why has the vineyard done these things? These wild grape things. When I gave the vineyard some of the best pastors, evangelists, I gave the vineyard some of the best mayors, some of the best presidents, some of the best schools and universities. Everything was set up. If anything was too big to fail, this vineyard, The United States of America was too big to fail. God is sitting here now as we close out the chapter where people are going to rule. God has come back to start talking about fallen angels again to me. As we're closing out the chapter where man gets to be the heavy hitter, the leader, why has the vineyard, the most famous vineyard, the most decorated vineyard, the Statue of Liberty owner. Why is this vineyard giving me, at the end of time, wild grapes? Let me tell you what I will do to this vineyard. I will rip down the hedge and I will let it be burned. I will break down its wall of protection and I will let it be trampled down. When you hear this trampled down, you're just knowing that it's the boots of foreign soldiers. That's what Bible, um, Bible imagery, when you read it, this is what it's talking about. It's always armies that do the trampling down, nothing else, because in those times it's definitely not a pack of elephants that can trample down a city. It is always an invading army. I will lay this vineyard to waste. I will not let it be pruned. I will not let it be dug up. Only thorns and stinging nettles and briars will come there. I will even talk to the clouds so that they will rain no rain on it. So the vineyard is going to suffer natural disasters, droughts, fires. The vineyard is going to suffer man-made disasters. Its own form of trampling And carpet bombing. And so I will go to the last part. This is Amos chapter 2. This says the Lord again, I'm paraphrasing for three transgressions of Moab, and for four, I will not turn away the punishment because he burned the bones of the king of Edom to lime, but I will send a fire upon him, and it will devour his palaces. And Moab shall die with a tumult, with shouting, with a trumpet sound. And I will cut off the judge from the midst of it and slay all the princes along with it, says the Lord. Now, when you read the Bible and it keeps using a particular cadence um, for all this, his hand is stretched out still, and then you read a bit more and it says for all this, it means that this is a progressive punishment. Now, when you keep hearing for three transgressions and for four, which is what goes in this Amos chapter two, it's basically saying for committing these sins, this group and that group. So the Lord is pointing to repetitive sin of nations. He's judging more than one nation in Amos 1, Amos 2, Amos 3. But he keeps saying three transgressions of Gaza and for four, three transgressions of Ammon and for four, three transgressions of Edom and for four. He's basically saying that I'm going through the deck of cards. And even though all the nations have their sin, there's always that three and four, for which even if i wiped away even if i used the blood of my son to wipe away all the other transgressions these three and these four nothing shall remove them and then he says i will not turn back the punishment so there's quite a few chapters where he's saying three for four he could have used any of them but let us hear what the lord said about america the chapter two that he chose to use, says he burned the bones of Edom's king to lime. We all have bones. We know that if we pass away naturally and we are put into a box, bone does not deteriorate like flesh does. The flesh will soon putrefy, liquefy, fall off, become extremely gross, be consumed by the little things that eat us the bones will stay in there. Eventually the liquid, the stench will go away. The bones will dry and sit there. You can dig up people quite a while from now and find their skeletons pristine conditions, just as they're digging up the Nephilim and finding their bones pristine conditions. And so the Lord says that what type, what type of warfare, what type of war is this? that the people will burn bones until they turn to chalky lime dust. And this is the part where the Lord was speaking to me about the carpet bombing practice, and it was Vietnam that he brought up. Why, Celestial, he asked me, as if I was born back then, why have they carpet bombed Vietnam? And of course I said, because I am wise, and i love wisdom i said nothing when the lord is talking he's talking to himself many times and you can see this in scripture god is not talking so that i can talk he's not talking so that i can pipe up and say i think it was because of this and that i don't know why and so i don't say anything because i know in a second or two he will answer for power for striving for supremacy to send a message. And so I listen as he says, I cannot turn away the punishment of those who burn the bones of their enemies to lime, who will pour out such a multitude of bombs upon a place to make a statement, to send arrows of fear into the hearts of the nations that if you strive with us, And if you tell us no at the United Nations, we do not have to obey the 1977 Geneva Conventions in war that say that you can't go this far when you're fighting. You talk to us, you're next. So the transgression for burning the bones of enemies to lime, for carpet bombing, I will send a fire on them that will eat up even the palaces. They will die with tumult, shouting, and trumpet sound. Tumult, shouting, and trumpet sound is what happened when Gideon went to the Midianites by night. The Midianites had come out to destroy Israel. As far as they knew, Israel had no weapons. Israel had nothing to defend themselves because the Midianites made sure that Israel had no weapons by attacking them every year at a certain time and making sure that they had nothing but a few iron implements. And when you read the story of Gideon, Gideon did not go to war with sword and spear because they had none. Gideon went to war with lanterns. He went to war with basically empty glass pitchers, not glass pitchers, but clay pitchers that can make a certain sharp sound when you break them, which if you are a general, if you are in the U S army and someone told you go and attack North Korea with just a few clay jars and a couple of flashlights, you would say, no, thank you. We're good where we are. But Gideon trusting God came upon the Midianites and with shouting and loud calls. The entire Midianite camp was thrown into an uproar because they thought that they were surrounded on all sides and they thought that there were F-15s flying overhead and God so disconcerted those people that they turned on one another and began to kill one another. So when the Lord is saying that a nation is going to be taken with tumult, shouting the sound of the trumpet, he's saying that the same violence of war that this nation has exported almost like Wheaties is going to be the same thing that comes upon them. says, for three transgressions and for four, I will not turn away the punishment. Because they have despised the law of the Lord, they have not kept his commandments. Their lies have carried them astray. Lies which even their fathers followed. But I will send fire upon them, and it will devour their palaces. So here's another transgression. I've covered one. This merciless type of warfare for which this nation is known. A second one is hating the laws of God. So the laws of God, very interesting things the Lord taught me today, and I will take the time to put them on the blog when I'm able. But the laws of God are are the boundaries of the earth. Now, this is something that I truly did not know. I truly did not know this. That God's law is not only this thing that is written down. And the law and the word of God is not only Christ Jesus, but the Lord is saying, my word is the very boundaries of the earth. So the earth has bounds. He calls it the habitations of the earth, calls it the habitations and the limitations for men. And the Lord was showing me that when you go beyond this bound, you end up in literally what I can only call the dark side, you end up in a place where it is impossible to renew you. I was understanding scripture at such a deep level. This is why the Lord says that when a person becomes apostate, when a person is handed over to the reprobate mind, it is impossible to bring that person back to the word of God. And I was sharing about this and saying, if you depart from the ever living God through denying the word and refusing to be obedient and saying, well, I don't agree and I have my own views and you keep going further. It is possible to reach a place past the outer limits where you cannot come back. You cannot find your way back to core, to center, to the rock. And you become like a balloon that's just flying out there because the string has been cut. Who of us have lost a helium balloon and been able to get that balloon back. It is gone forever. And this is what happens to people. And the Lord says that when you despise his law and you don't keep the commandment, lies will carry you astray. When a society refuses to base itself upon God's truth, it falls praise to lies, political lies, sociological lies. A man can be a woman, a woman can be a man. A man who is a trans is the same as a biological woman. First, they said that they were women, but now they're saying that they're biological women. How can you be a biological woman without ovaries, a uterus and homegrown mammary glands? How can you possibly be this if you don't, if you did not enter the world with, world with two X's, how on earth can you be a biological woman This is the evidence of a sociological and also psychological because you have to be a little off down there to defend these things or even say that they are truth. Sociological, physiological, psychological, emotional, scriptural lies will overtake any society that begins to cross the bounds of the habitations that the word is lies, which the forefathers followed. See people, many people are confused about how did we end up here? We definitely started a path here with the sexual revolution of the sixties and with the feminist movements and all the movements, even the movements of lies in the church, like telling people that there will be no reckoning for their sins. That they are saved forever once they become a christian all things are excused because they are saved and they will always be saved things like this are lies that the fathers established and some of the fathers are still living some of the fathers are watching this video and they know in their heart that there are no lies being spoken here right now but some of the people who are watching this video are brand new and had nothing to do with those lies but they are marching like tin soldiers in this new generation after the lies of the fathers. Some people are very shocked when they read the prophecies on the master's voice and think, oh my, I thought God was much nicer than this. And I'm thinking this is the evidence of the lies of the fathers. For the fathers have said that God is nothing more than a Santa who lives in the heavens above and is looking down with nothing but tolerance and benevolence upon us. We can do no wrong. We can sin no sin that will make it possible for us to be shut out of God's law. But when you look in the man's book, he is saying that he will come suddenly and enter into the wedding supper, and there's a whole bunch of people, five of them who are going to be shut out in outer darkness where there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. That's what he says in his book. But then another version of the book is preached and people march in those lies. Let us continue for three transgressions and for four, I will not turn away the punishment because they sell the righteous for silver and the poor for a pair of sandals. They pant, which means to, to, to breathe with lustful intent. They pant after the dust of the earth that is on the heads of the poor and they pervert the way of the humble. A man and his father go and lie with the same girl to defile my holy name. They lie down by every altar on clothes that they have taken in pledge. They drink the wine of the condemned in the house of their God. And so here is another sin that will not be forgiven selling the righteous for silver, selling the poor for the value of a pair of shoes. This is definitely here in from the old times when American Indians and African Americans were traded in this country as commodities. These are people who, had, who clearly were people. It's not confusing to know and recognize another human being, the ability to bear children, the ability to also fall in love, to have relationships, to desire to have a home and a family. They were denied these things and they were sold This is one part of why God will never forgive America and her punishment will be set. But then there's also a new type of sale, a boy and a girl and a woman and a man sold on the internet for pennies. When God says a pair of sandals, there are sandals in this country that cost more than the average rent. This man called Louboutin, apparently, if I'm mispronouncing it, Who really cares. There are shoes in this country that cost more than the school fees for a child for a semester. So it's not every pair, not all pairs of sandals are created equal. You can sell a little boy and a little girl for nothing. And you can sell a little boy and a little girl for tons of money. But what God is saying is that because the sale of flesh happened in this country in the beginning and has never stopped, And he says that there are people who are lustful after the dust of the earth, which is on the head of the poor. Please understand how deeply God feels human suffering. The poor are people that Jesus said, you will always have the poor with you. Jesus is saying that some people in this world are just never gonna make it. They're never gonna have their 15 minutes of fame. They're never going to be able to rise above the severe hardships that can fall upon people by lot. This simply means by chance, you're not born into a poor family because you deserve it. It's simply part of the Bible, the Proverbs that says time and circumstance happen to all men. It is simply the luck of the draw sometimes. It is chance. But God says that on top of all the hardships that the poor go through, what he calls the dust of the earth. In ancient Israel when you were when you were really suffering, like a widow who had lost her only child and Jesus stepped in because he was so compassionate. They would throw dust on their heads to say, life is already so hard and life is already so difficult. And now the breadwinner, my only son has died. Now the breadwinner, my my poor husband has been taken away to satisfy a debt. The poor would throw dust on their heads and say, what else is there left for me? And God says that there are people who are lusting after the destruction of the poor, even with all the things that ordinary people, ordinary people have to pay bills. Ordinary people have to put so much in order. There's so much upon their shoulders. Then they need to come home and be told Caitlin didn't come home from school today. We've been looking for her. We've asked the police, but the police said she has to be gone for 48 hours. Do you know how far your child, your 16 year old, your four year old, who was just in the front yard. Do you know how far that child can be trafficked in two hours? for the cops to say that it has to be a 24 or 48 hour wait. They will be in Venezuela by that time, being sold to some drug cartel just because they're blonde and they look different. So they command a higher price. There are people, God says, who heap up suffering upon humble people, people who are already dealing with a stacked deck in life, And then the Lord is saying, in in the same place, men and their father sleep with the same girl. And these kinds of stories are always in the news. A celebrity will date a boy, and then he's not interesting, and then will be seen dating the boy's father. And here is the thing. God says, it defiles my holy name. And this is something that I, Celestial, constantly endeavor for those who watch the Master's voice to understand. I'm speaking Christian things, but these words belong to humanity. These words are from the Lord towards humanity. Even if you are not an American, when you watch this channel, many of these things, if you are truly a righteous person, you will know that your heart is cut because there's aspects of it that you already see in your own nation. God is starting to open up the blame and speak of many other countries that are not the United States. And I'm always faithful to bring whoever he names But God is saying this defilement of a man and his father both sleeping with the same woman, a woman sleeping with a man and then sleeping with the father or dating the father first and then ending up with a son, sometimes knowing, but sometimes not knowing that they're related. This is just showing you how widespread is the promiscuity of that nation. And he says it defiles his name. So this is one thing that I endeavor to bring here the promiscuity of humanity defiles the holiness of the Lord. Why is this church? You may be surprised to know that God is interested in what unbelievers are doing too, because unbelievers are human beings too. They are his creation too. Their defilement is an embarrassment to the holiness of God's name. It is not only the church that brings God into disrepute With the shameful things they do, adultery in the church, fornication in the church, gayness in the church, gay pastors on the down low, raising their hand and speaking a benediction over 3,000, 5,000 people, just sharing that spirit that is secretly in their life like cologne over an entire church. It's not only that stuff that defiles God's name. Whenever humanity does anything that is sacrilegious, that is profane, that breaks the holy ordinances of God, it brings the name of God into shame. Before who? Before these rebellious angels that laugh. Satan and the, de- and, and the demons and the devils and the fallen, they laugh when you say that you are saved. And yet, you carry on actions that show that you belong to another father, who Jesus says, your father, the devil. When you claim to be washed in the blood, and then you roll around in the mud of your fornication, your masturbation, you're living with somebody that you are not married to, you have no covenant, and yet you are sharing bodily fluids as if you are man and wife, you profane and defile the name of the Lord. You cause the devil to mock at the church, to mock at the father, and yet the Bible is so crystal clear and says that no man will mock God. Do not be deceived, for God is not mocked. They lie down on the altars, and they use clothes that they have taken in pledge, and they drink wine to condemn others in the house of their God. So this is the word that the Lord has brought to me, and I pray that I have delivered it with the gravitas to which it was spoken to me. These things are very heavy things. Like I said at the beginning of the video, into the pit, I have gone into the septic tank with a very big shovel. Has the Lord sent me to dig up some of what I have never known in my life until these prophecies began to take the turn that they have taken since June. We're no longer talking about Russia and China here. We're no longer talking about fallen angels. We're no longer even dealing with the sins of do not fornicate, do not commit adultery. We're now talking about people having RFID chips put in them and trafficked off People giving birth to babies that do not have a birth certificate, babies that will never get a social security number because these babies are actually part of something called a baby farm. This is not coming from any popular blog or YouTuber. This is coming from my sleep, the hours of my sleep. The Lord will speak to me and show me these things. So at this time... I do not have a name for this prophecy, but by the time I put it up, the Lord would have given me a title for it. But these are the things God wants America to know. These are the things that God wants America to understand, that the sword is coming. The sword is already among people. You have already started to see, if you are honest, the outcomes of the harm that causes harm. And you have seen that what is happening to people is exactly what was spoken about in 2021 over and over and over again. So, um we have already seen that the sword is among us. And I have shared with people in writing at least and I have said it a few times in videos that we're going back to the Old Testament. To those who think, "Oh no, we're not in the Old Testament, you're under grace." You couldn't be more confused. And you really need to just uh break from the lies as the Bible says, as the Lord has said, that this country loves lies and walks in the lies of the fathers. You, you need to begin to examine some of the things that the pastors have told you that we're not under the law and we're under grace, basically telling us that the entire front half of the Bible means nothing because not only the back half matters, and yet... They're not properly teaching the back half, because in the back half, somebody of importance said that I didn't come to do away with the law, but I've only come to fulfill it. Therefore, in me is all the fullness, not only of the Godhead, but of the prophets and all the things that the father was talking about. So, um... It is time. We are going back to the Old Testament. And one of the things, I will end with this, one of the things that is very hard to miss in the Old Testament is that when you send it, it came back to you like a boomerang. It didn't take five years, eight years. God wasn't on that kind of a game in the Old Testament. You did that by afternoon. God was jacking up Joshua. Why have you done this? And Joshua would be like, Lord, what, what has happened? What has happened? And the Lord would say, the stink, the stink of rebellion and sin in the camp. By about 4 p.m., the whole camp had been called forward and they would be with that umim and with that thummim which were the ways that they would find out the will of God if there was no prophet present. The umim and the thumim, they would find out by lots and by families who had broken the Lord's law. And within an hour, the Holy Spirit would have singled out a tribe, singled out a clan, singled out a family, and then singled out the man who did it. And before the end of that hour, somebody was getting stoned I have brought prophecies like this recently. One of them is called the devil is outworking the saints. And all God is saying is that Satan is working harder to take souls than Christians are apparently working to keep their souls inside their body. He said that the devil is putting in more work to deceive and destroy people than Christians are putting in to separate themselves from sin than unbelievers are putting in to come out of these streets into the safety of the ark of God. And so in the Old Testament, it took no time at all between sin and the judgment for sin. And we have been in true an era of grace where you can do something and the Lord will work with you. I see Christians coming to my Facebook page. You know, this word has convicted me and I'm, I, I just wanna please God. I guess I have to just work with myself. And I'm thinking work with yourself. The word has come and has punctured your turtle back heart your hardened heart god has finally sent someone with an arrow sharp enough to go past all that nonsense that you have been in that has been preventing you from cutting off the hand that sin or gouging out the eye that sins an arrow sharp enough has finally pierced your heart and instead of jumping and saying thank you god This is what I needed. I'm going to stop it. You're saying that you need to work it out and you're still in the struggle. Christians, may you choose wisdom. May you choose wisdom. Because as I said in a previous video, if you can see that some people touched the harm and within one hour, they had gone to the place from which no one returns, then you can know that we are closer to the Old Testament than we have ever been, as it was in the days of Noah judgment will be swift judgment will be sudden and no one will be taking surveys on if he or she or me or thee wants a second chance thank you for being with me i am celestial and this is the master's voice you can find out everything about this ministry this channel by looking in the description box just below this video and um if you have been unsubscribed or if you're not getting notifications. My suggestion is just unsubscribe from the video and then resubscribe and then put your notifications on. If you are not finding the channel, if you are not finding the ministry, then please understand that Google is not in the business of sharing this ministry. It used to be very easy to find a year and a half ago, but now if you don't type out the full thing, The Master's Voice Prophecy blog, you will literally never find it. So you might even have to stop using a Google browser, use Firefox, do not use Safari, use something else. And uh, you'll probably get to the site a a lot faster. Until I see you again, God bless and goodbye.